Welcome to the Reversing Diabetes Podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast, episode number 134. I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. Today, we are going to talk about journaling. I know I sound a little nasally. You know, I had the Rona a few weeks ago. I still have some post-nasal drainage going on. I feel like I sound like I picked up smoking and I haven't picked up cigarette smoking, but here we are. Sorry, my voice sounds horrible. I promise you I haven't picked up smoking. So uh, before we get started talking about journaling, and I'm not talking about journaling as far as like food data logging, which I also call journaling. I'm actually talking about Dear Diary journaling and the importance of it. So uh, I'm going to wrap this up in how to utilize the strategies as I teach them. It's not a Dear Diary experience like we were taught I don't know when, I don't know that we were really ever taught how to diary or journal, but I think the um, general idea about journaling or using a diary um, is not as effective as a way, the strategy that I teach for it. And so I want to run through that. I don't think I've spent a lot of time in the podcast talking about that. And it's actually pretty important. But before we dive into that, I do want to let you know this week, the week of February 21st through the 25th, and it actually will be the last half of the week, I'm going to be hosting free webinars teaching the three strategies that I teach, the three dietary strategies that I teach my clients for reversing their type 2 diabetes. If you're interested in that, check out my website. The event will be posted uh, Monday morning by Monday morning. So you can get registered that way, or you can always send me an email, delane at delanemd.com. I will send you an email. I will send you all the information about logging in for those webinars. So that's something you're interested in. Don't hesitate to reach out to me, delane at delanemd.com. Okay, let's talk about journaling. This podcast should be short and sweet. Uh, but again, I realized that this is a tool that's really, really important. It's a tool that I use and I used to create the results that I wanted in my life, but I really have not talked about this a lot in the podcast. I use this tool daily and I know out of years of using this tool, when I'm not using it daily, my life gets wobbly, it gets uncertain, it gets unfocused. I have a specific way that I journal and I recommend to journal. And I think it's the way that you can utilize journaling in the most effective way. I feel like journaling allows you to look at your goals and your intentions each day. It allows you to consider the obstacles that you expect to arise. It allows you to consider how you want to manage or navigate those obstacles in order for you to create the results, right? The goals and intentions that you're wanting in your life. When done daily, you start to get a very precise understanding about where your obstacles arise, where they actually lie. You get to study them and you get to learn how to navigate them in the most effective way. This is actually where people get hung up. They don't anticipate the obstacles and they don't 
have a predetermined idea about how they're going to manage it. So the process of doing this daily also creates a strong anchor to the goals and intentions you're wanting to create in your life. When I created the results in my life, when I lost weight, when I reversed my type 2 diabetes, I did this daily and I looked at five areas. Those five areas are food, exercise, me, gratitude practices, and then my goals. So I'm going to run through each of those and then I'm going to run through the thought modeling and the the self-coaching model that I use to investigate and challenge some of the thoughts and some of the obstacles that are going to arise. When I did this, I had a journal. I just, it's, I mean, like I've ha- I have a hundred journals. I, I'm like, do I need to throw these away? Are my kids going to read these after I die? Are they going to think that I should have been committed because my brain was so wild? Maybe, I don't know. But I have, I don't know, 20 journals, 30 journals floating around my house that have this set up going on because it's something that I do daily. So the setup is on the when you open a journal and you have two pages, you have two lined pages, one on the left and one on the right of the spine of the or the the crease in the journal. On the left side, I look at these five areas of my life. And then on the right side, the right page, that's where I do the thought modeling and the thought working. So that's how this is set up. So I want to talk about these five areas and kind of what they meant to me, what I would look at when I would journal in these five areas. And then I'm going to talk about the thought modeling, the self-coaching component. So food is really straightforward. For me, on that left side, the top page was the date, or the top of the page was the date, and then my food plan for the day. I was looking at one as I was prepping for this podcast and it was like salmon from my favorite restaurant, my favorite salad from that restaurant, and then the appetizer that I would have from that restaurant. And then two pieces of chocolate was almost always on my journal. So that was um, what my food component was. It was really just the food plan for the day. Then I would look at my exercise. Exercise has not ever been an issue for me. I've always been a daily exerciser since I was 15 years old. But the more I know about biology and the more I know about diabetes and the biology of diabetes, I realize that exercise, although it is good for my lungs and great for my heart and it's perfect for my soul, it will not reverse your type 2 diabetes. It will not create weight loss. You cannot outrun the fork. When you put food in your mouth, the biochemistry that has to occur to process that food, to for your body to clear that food, has to happen. There is no one doing it. It is that biochemistry that occurs when you're processing that food that creates type 2 diabetes. When you put highly refined foods, non-natural foods, like Twinkies are not found in nature. They aren't really meant to be eaten by human beings. Neither are Twizzlers or Mike and Ike's or potato chips or Doritos or Red Bulls, right? These are not real food for the human animal. The biology that has to occur to process those foods, that is what creates type 2 diabetes. The biochemistry that occurs is creating the type 2 diabetes because we're eating these foods. There is no way, there's no amount of running, there is no amount of rowing, cycling, exercising, saunaing, nothing that will undo that. That biology has to occur. In fact, I would offer for like bulimia, right? Like this horrible mental health issue, bulimia nervosa, right? That still does not, I mean, and that's purging your body of these foods. It still does not undo the biochemistry that you set off by consuming it. There is no undoing the food that you eat. You cannot outrun the fork. You cannot undo it. So recognize the exercise 
is not going to undo your diabetes. It is good for your heart, your cardiovascular. It's good for your pulmonary, your lungs. It is great. It's amazing for your soul. But it will not reverse your diabetes and it will not undo the food that you eat. So remember that. I was pre-diabetic and gaining weight. I gained seven pounds training for a marathon. For running 26.2 miles, I trained for five months and I gained seven pounds during that time. So recognize, exercise is not going to create that. When I track my exercise, I track it because it's important for me to track the workouts that I'm doing to make sure I'm getting the right amount of muscle workouts. Like I'm doing my arms and my abs and my legs all in an equal way to get a balanced workout, a balanced toning and strengthening of my body. So if exercise is something that you do struggle with, definitely writing down your expectations for exercise is very important. Um, and then figuring out why you're not doing it if that's where you're struggling. So that's where, again, exercise is important to track in this in this journaling process. The me component, the me area of my journaling was really where it got fun. I got to work on becoming the human being I wanted to be in the world. So sometimes that was learning to focus my brain on love and acceptance. Sometimes it was learning to catch myself, have myself, and hold myself through the difficult things. It was me working on becoming a whole human being. It was me focusing on what I wanted to put out into the world, whether that be in my business. In this podcast, many of my podcasts came from this journaling time where I was working on, on who I wanted to become. It's where I got to focus or consider what I wanted to be as a parent. What do I want to teach my children? What do I want to instill? What values do I want to instill in them? It was where I got to consider what kind of friend I wanted to be, what kind of daughter I wanted to be my parents, what kind of granddaughter I wanted to be to my grandmother who's 93, what kind of sister I wanted to be to my brother. It's where I got to work on what kind of colleague I wanted to be professionally when I was still working in a clinic. And even now, when I go in and fill in an ERs and I walk into a place and I don't know anybody, how do I want to bring myself in the most service that I can muster up out of myself, how do I want to be in that situation? Who do I want to be in that situation? This is also where I worked on financial goals. This me category can just really be so much. I really enjoyed that. And I really still enjoy the development of who I want to be as a human being. Then the fourth area that I would journal on every day was a gratitude practice. I encourage you to pick a number, any number. My number was typically three to five, and I would list that many things that I was grateful for in my life. There's a lot of actual medical literature that has evidence behind the benefits of having a daily gratitude practice. So I would not think this isn't important because actually it's pretty important. And then the last area that I always looked at was the goals, the things that I was trying to create in my life. It's really important to anchor your brain and your focus your mental clarity on the things that you're trying to create in your life. So it might be reversing your diabetes. It might be a goal weight. It might be a professional goal. It might be a financial goal. It might be a relationship goal. So recognize you're going to want to say the goal and then have a specific time frame to do it. So I want my A1C normalized to less than 5.6 by April of 2022. I want my weight to be 140 pounds by April. April of 2022. Maybe it's a professional goal. I want to have a certain certification by a certain date. Maybe it's a financial goal. I want to pay off a certain debt by a certain date, or I want to have so much money in the bank, a certain number in the bank by a certain date. Maybe it's a relationship goal. Maybe it's um, 
a lot of times in married couples, they'll want to work on their intimate relationship, how that's going to show up. We're going to have sex this many times a day by this week, right? Or this many times a week by this week. Or we're going to um, have a date night every day or every week, you know, and we're going to do this consistently for so many weeks. It's going to be a specific goal for me right now, you know, I'm not sure I've shared this openly on the podcast. I, my husband and I divorced in November of 2021. Um, and so now, like, I don't have a partner to have a relationship goal with. So it's interesting. Every day, my relationship goal that I write out now is that I'm committed to not being in a relationship until November of 2022. I want a year with me to heal my soul, to heal my being, to be me, to be with me, to know me as just me. I'm committed. That's my relationship goal right now is I'm committed to no relationship until 2020, November of 2022. So having those goals and anchoring yourself into these goals daily, they keep you anchored to the reasons why you're doing them. Like what I just went through about how it's important for me to be with me, to heal my soul, to know myself I'm really committed to that. That's my relationship goal. Looking at that goal every day allows you to anchor into the goal, keep them in the forefront of your mind. Doing that draws you towards these goals. It's very, very important to actually say and write the goal out every single day. So the other, so that all happens on the left side of the page, right? Those five things you look at on the left side of the page. Then on the right side of your journal, that's where you do the thought work. That's where you look at the obstacles that you're expecting to experience and why. This is where the precision, this is where insight, this is where your solutions come. The reasons that you have not been able to create the things that you're wanting in your life come in this work this thought work. This is where the thought model comes in. If you've not heard me talk about the thought model, I've talked about it in previous podcasts, many of them, but recognize the thought model. We have circumstances in our life and we have thoughts about the circumstances. Then those thoughts create our feelings in our life. Those feelings create our action. Those actions give us the results that we're creating in our life, right? Those are the five components of the thought model. Circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. Everyone thinks they just need to change the action. I just need to do something different. I want to offer to you that anywhere you're bringing the thoughts that's creating that action, so the dumpy thoughts that are creating the dumpy feelings that are creating the dumpy actions, giving you the dumpy results, anywhere you're bringing that thought, you're going to get the same dumpy results. So I'm going to give an example here, and then I'm going to give you the strategy for how to kind of evaluate what your brain's offering you. So... Lunch is a great example. Most people struggle with lunch. I definitely struggled with lunch, and I'm going to use the examples that I had when I was working in a clinic. So the circumstances lunch. Everybody knows that there's lunch. From noon to one, my clinic closed down so that we could all eat lunch. Lunch was a circumstance that happened. So we have thoughts about the lunch. So we would frequently have potlucks at our office. Maybe it was a birthday, maybe it was Thursday, maybe it was a holiday, whatever it was, we always had potlucks, right? So lunch is the circumstance, but my thought was whenever we have these luncheons at work, it's always so hard for me to avoid the foods that make me sick with diabetes. It's so hard for me to stay away from those foods. When I had that thought, my feeling that created uncertainty. I don't know if I, it was basically, I don't know if I'm going to be able to avoid that. It created this feeling, this wobbly, this uncertainty. 
So from that uncertain place, I would do all of these erratic things. Like I wouldn't set a plan because there might be something there that I can't eat that I want to eat. I might be able to partake in that luncheon because there might be something, who knows, right? It was so uncertain. All of it was so uncertain. So I wouldn't set a plan. I wouldn't pack a lunch. And then I would go into the break room and I would start to look at everything in the luncheon and I would consider it all. I would consider all of the different foods there. And then I would start negotiating in my brain. I would allow my brain to start vacillating between, oh, do I want this? Do I want that? Well, can I have that? Maybe I just have a bite of that. Oh, there's this. An example of this is there was this lovely dip that one of the men, he would have his wife make this dip. And it was this creamy chocolate chip dip. And what you would dip into this creamy chocolate chip goodness was vanilla wafers. Like it was just like it should have been labeled creation of diabetes. There was nothing but, you know, recreational food in that experience. It was sugar and flour and sugar and fat and flour and sugar. Mostly it was sugar. It was delicious. I could have gotten the recipe, but I never did because, God, I would never make it at home. This was dangerous, right? But there it was at work. And I'm like, and then, of course, my brain goes to, oh, it's the only time you're going to get it, right? All the scarcity. My brain would sit there and negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. And I would expend all of this mental resource, this mental energy to a point that I had no more mental energy. And I would break down and inevitably I would eat the food. I would just get the same result of me not being able to manage the luncheon, I would eat the food. So anywhere that I brought the thought, these luncheons are really hard because I can't figure out how to navigate this food without getting, you know, without eating the foods that make me diabetic, I did. I got the same exact result. So this was the work. This is, I would offer, this is the work you need to do. This was the work I needed to do. This is where you want, I wanted to spend the time, but I would offer that this is where you need to spend your time every day. So challenging the thought is the solution. Is it true that the luncheons have to be hard? That it's really hard for me to avoid the things that make me sick? Is that true? Do the luncheons need to be hard? Why do I think the luncheons have to be hard? Is it possible to make the luncheons easy for me? If it's possible, how? What would I do? When I answer that question, is it true? Do the luncheons have to be hard? Of course, I know the luncheons don't have to be hard. Like, they don't need to be that way. So why do I make, why are they so hard? They're hard because I go in without a freaking plan. And then I go in there and sit and consider the foods that I might possibly be able to eat. That's why it's hard. It's not the cookie stuff that's hard. It's that my brain is sitting there telling myself, oh, I should eat it. It's going to be gone. I'm never going to have it. I'm never going to get it again. Oh, my gosh, it's only here this one time. That's what's hard. It's not the cookie stuff. It's my brain. So is it possible for me to make the luncheons easy? Hell, yes, it's possible. Pack yourself a lunch, sister. It's so easy. Pack yourself a tasty lunch you know you're going to love that isn't going to make you sick with diabetes. That's how you make the luncheon easy for yourself. Throw yourself a bone. Do yourself a favor. Out of a space of love for you and making it easy for yourself, pack yourself a lunch. It's not rocket science. So that was the how for me. Oh, I just needed to pack myself a lunch of something that I was going to love and enjoy and then just have that. There's no need to go into the break room and consider all the food on the table because I've got this great lunch I'm going to love. 
So that that is the skill. This is a skill that is self-coaching. Evaluating the thoughts that are going to be the obstacles, doing it ahead of time, being prepared for the feelings that are going to arise, right? And the moment the feeling of it's hard or awkward or uncertain, it's going to feel intense. It's going to feel uncomfortable. And you as a human being are going to want to avoid that, which is going to push you closer to that food. It's going to push you towards the foods that make you sick with type 2 diabetes. Why? Because remember, food. these foods that make you sick with diabetes are the same foods that release this really heady neurochemistry in your brain that gives you a moment of instant gratification, but it's at the expense of your greater goal of reversing your type 2 diabetes. That's how this works. Learning to sit with the feelings, the uncomfortable, the awkward, that it's hard, the it's uns- that you're uncertain, that's a skill too. And I encourage you to learn how to do that. But learning to challenge these thoughts that are creating those feelings is also a skill. And it's a skill you can hone and you can develop. Using this daily journaling process is one of the best ways to do that. That's something, that's what I help my clients do. This is the strategy I help my clients with. You do not need me to tell you that chocolate cake or cookie dip is what's making you diabetic. You know that. Figuring out why you continue to eat it, even though it's cutting years off your life and making you sick with type 2 diabetes, that's what you have to work on. And that's what my group program helps women do. If that's something you're interested in, holler at me, send me an email, Delane at Delane MD. I will we'll have a discussion about how to get you set up for a consult. And in that consult, I will tell you exactly how my program will help you do this. If that's something you're interested in, send me an email. I will talk with you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the work with me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.